0: Talk to you this morning about the resurrection personalized because I think it's important that each and every one of us take it personally because the resurrection wasn't for just for the crowds it was for the individual we have 2,000 chairs set up in this building right now and almost every one of them is full Jesus is for the masses, but he's really more for the individuals. And if the resurrection is just something that becomes a traditional thing for us, then we have overlooked the real reason for the resurrection. You see, there's a worldview of the resurrection and our Heavenly Father's view of the resurrection. It's interesting that in Jesus' day, before the crucifixion and resurrection, they were waiting on the Messiah. All of the people in Israel were praying for the Messiah to come. They had spent so much time waiting and living and compromising their self-serving convictions that when God eventually, everybody say eventually, how many knows that God is not on our timetable. And the reason is is because he is God in case you didn't know it and we're not. So eventually Jesus came, he answered their prayers in dramatic form and sent the Messiah. They sent. he sent Jesus God in the flesh and their personalized values had changed from Looking to God, stay with me, from looking to God to looking to their cells and doing their own public prayer so that people could see them. They, their, their relationship with God got turned around and it became a religion instead of a relationship. they self-imposed convictions. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how the how religions of the world can mess up what Jesus is trying to do? Have you ever wondered why there's so many religions in the world? I know when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I was growing up, and I asked myself, just because I grew up as A Christian, I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure I wasn't doing the wrong thing. So I prayed and I asked God to help me to understand. And I realized that man can mess up what God will always fix. And many things were fixed through what we call the resurrection God fixed what religion had messed up and so he sent the Messiah he sent the one that they had been praying for all these years and they had made up a lot of things that they had to live by their own personal definitions of holiness in doing so they looked to the miraculous answers for prayer as a result to this day listen God's chosen people the nation of Israel, his chosen people continued to pray for what God had already so graciously given to them. Did you know that God can be working on your behalf? And if you're not paying attention, you won't even know it. Did you know that God helps you every day of your life? That your life is important to God? And because He loves you so much, he has personalized you, and he's calling you today to personalize this thing that he calls the resurrection. Because if it never becomes personal, it will just become another thing. And that's what happens to the religious people. You see, there's uh, when we focus on ourselves and what we want more than we focus on God and what He wants, inevitably, our wants and our values become much more important to us than what God desires for us. Did you know that it's more popular to serve yourself than it is to serve God? Did you know that? <laughs> you Y'all looking like, man, I wish all them other people were here today. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I fight the flesh. Anybody with me? Anybody live in this world? And it's like, it's much easier, we think, to listen to ourselves than it is to listen to God personalized relationship. Did you know that over 55 times in the Old Testament and the New Testament before Jesus came on the scene, there was prophecies. There was prophecies of Jesus' ministry, his birth, his death, his resurrection, Jesus' role in the church. He prophesied all of these things because he wanted... Everybody that was praying for the Messiah to come, he wanted them to understand that God already had a plan before God ever showed up. And I'm going to tell you something God has a plan for your life before you ever show up anywhere. God knows you and he loves you and he loves you enough to have a plan for you. Can you say thank you, Jesus? For some, the resurrection will always be something that is compartmentalized or stored in the recesses of our memory until a problem or a crisis comes. Is there anybody here that would just be honest enough to tell me that you pray more when you got a problem than you do when you don't have a problem? Am I right? God spoke to my heart one time. He said, if you'll praise me in the good times like you praise me in the bad times, you won't have near as many bad times that make sense you see there's a death that takes place there's a death that must take place stay with me if we're going to live Something has to die. die. Jesus said when you put a seed in the ground, that seed has to die before it will bring forth fruit. There's a death that takes place in our mind, our will, and our emotions. If we want to live for God, we have to die to ourselves. I'm going to wait on you. i got all day. You can say amen or on me, but I'm going to tell you, if you want this to work for you, if you believe in this resurrection power, Jesus believed in the power of the Father. He went down into the earth, and God raised him from the dead because he trusted God that when he died, that God was big enough to raise him from the dead. Big stuff. That's big stuff. It, says, it talks about it in Romans 6, 3. It says, do you not know that all of us, everybody say all of us, all have been baptized into Christ Jesus, that have been baptized in Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death. You're like, well, preacher, I thought this was supposed to be a resurrection sermon. Stay where you're at. Stay right there. We're... Therefore, we have been buried with him. Everybody say with him. Amen. We have been buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in the newness of life. In other words, we can't really be living until we really kill something inside of us. Something, Something's got to die. Something's got to die. Verse 5, for if, everybody say if. if. You know, that's one of the biggest little words in the Bible. If. For if we have become united, if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Yeah. Woo! That's big stuff. That will get you somewhere. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old self, everybody say our old self. We all got some of that in us, don't we? I got to kill that old self every day when I get up because if I don't, it's it's going (laughs) to... That old Randy isn't the good Randy. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. What a blessing that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Anybody with me? You remember when you was a slave to sin? Anybody remember that? And sometimes, again, back to the Every day, that old Randy has to get up and make sure that he's not a slave to sin. So, I gotta kill the old Randy in me every day when I get up so that the resurrected Randy can thrive. The sin in the old Randy always tries to stick its head up. You might be sitting there thinking, well, he's just a preacher. You, you don't, you don't sin to you. Listen, I got the same problems you got. And, and I have to kill the me in order so that God can live in me. Something's got to die. There has to be a death that happens in me so that the life can really happen. Because I will, listen, I will never know the real Randy until I have seen the resurrected Jesus. You'll never know. You'll never know who you are. You can't ever know you until... You know the resurrected Jesus. And the only only way that that will work is if you become void of your will and your emotions and you trust God with your future. Because I don't know if you know it or not. I don't know if you know it. But God knows what's better for you than you do. He does. Take it from somebody who's been around the block time or two so verse 8 now we have died with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him oh goodness we get to live with him knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead is never to die again death no longer is master over him No longer he died once for all. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. So you to consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, you can be alive to God because something died in you, the real you can really show up in this world, and when you have the blessings of God on you, there's nothing in this world that means that much to you because when you can see Jesus for who he is, all the things of the earth seem so small. So how can we do this? God reveals the mystery of the gospel to us when the Holy Spirit opens our spiritual eyes. Here it is, John 3:15. If you blink, you 'll lose it. Everyone, ever say everyone. everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Everyone. Everyone who believes may have eternal life. How do we do it? Through the resurrected Jesus. You see, I, and I can, I can kind of, I mean, I'm not a mind reader, but I can kind of read your mind right now. Some of y'all may be thinking the simplicity of this is troubling because we, <laughs> we expect a more com- complicated cure, a more elaborate treatment. Uh, us Americans would much more be much more comfortable with a religion where we had to actually do something. If we really had to, if we could just work for eternal life. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of religions out there that would accommodate you. If you're if you're like one of those that man, I just got to work for this. Well, come see me afterwards. I'll, I got, I got a whole list of them in my mind. But Jesus said, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He, says, he takes the boasting away from him, away from us, because our glory isn't worthy to be glorified because he's the resurrected. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. He deserves the praise because he's the one. But in our flesh, if we don't want it to die in our flesh, we're like, mm, I, get, I need some glory. I need some praise. Somebody just honored me. I need some honor. Nobody honors me anymore. I can't believe anybody honors me. But you see, when you've died after yourself, you don't care about that stuff anymore. You don't care about it because Jesus is the one who was crucified and rose again on the third day so that we could take a deep breath and have peace in our lives. We humans can't really believe that Jesus actually had the nerve to narrow it down to only two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's just too simple. We we just got to have it more complicated than that. I do believe that the reason that people ran to Jesus is because their religious teaching had run more people off than it had kept. The religious teaching of the day, people of Jesus' day, they were sick and tired of it. You know what? I am too. I'm sick and tired of the religious movements of our day that they think you've got to jump through all these hoops so you can believe in Jesus, so you can know him as your Savior. He says, just believe in me and you can have eternal life. Die out to yourself. Let me have you and I can do with you, the, I, can, I can give you what you need if you'll just allow me to be the Lord of your life. That's all he's asking for. It's kind of like, uh, There was a town, there was, a, there was some buildings in town, three buildings in town that got overrun by squirrels. There's was a town hall, the hardware store, and the church. The town hall brought, they brought in some cats, but after the cats tore up the file cabinets, tore up the seats and everything, they got rid of the cats, but they still had the squirrels. The hardware store humanely trapped the squirrels and turned them loose outside of town. Well, four days later, they were back in the hardware store. Well, only the church came up with the effective solution. They baptized the squirrels (laughs) and made them members. (laughs) Now, they only see them on Christmas and Easter. That's a bad joke. (laughs) Let me tell you something. People people are no longer impressed with doing church just for the sake of doing church. I think that's the reason that in our culture today that church attendance has gone down. I think it's because people are sick and tired of just doing church without a relationship religion is just religion and it's just one more thing to add onto your plate that really doesn't mean anything but when you get down to it if you serve the resurrected Jesus there's all kinds of something inside of you that says I want to live for God you see the laws of God must be written in the hearts of men and women in order to embrace the beauty of dying out to ourselves so that we can really live for the resurrected Christ. The mercy seekers. There's people in our world that they think, man, I just got to do something. The mercy seekers, they beat their backs with whips until they bleed. They climb cathedral steps on their knees. They walk on hot rocks with their beef bare feet. Some say that the purpose of penance Is not to cause pain, but to help restore relationship with God and other people. I would say penance is like, it's kind of like trying to pay the tab when we go out to eat. We tell God, I know you sent your son as a sacrifice for my life once and for all time, but just this one time, let me get it. I got this. Don't you, Jesus, I got it. No, I got it. I got it. I don't, I don't ever take anything from anybody. I'm not, I don't ever have anybody. Jesus, I got this. Let me tell you something. The payment for your sins is a check you can't cash. None of us are that good. All who have sinned come short of the glory of God. But Jesus said if we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. And here it is again. Catch it. Don't, don't miss it. And... Believe in our, we shall be saved, period. (laughs) Figure it out. We have got to stop complicating the gospel. The resurrection took care of it all. So many times we're not really content until we make up our own Bible. And one of, our favorite, one of our favorite verses is, God helps them who helps themselves. You know where that's found, right? In the book of popular opinion, 1-1. <laughs> one, one. I just got to do something. I just got to do something. God's much more interested in who you are than what you do. Many times what we want to do, we want to fix ourselves. Uh, We'll make up for the mistakes with contributions. We'll fix our guilt with busyness. We'll find salvation the old-fashioned way. We'll just earn it. Bless God. You, You don't know how much money I put in offering. Bless God. You don't know. I come up and I mow the lawn for the church. You don't know what I do. I, get, I, park, I drive the golf cart and I park people. You don't know what I do. You know, let me tell you something. We don't, Let's stay with me. We don't do works so we can get to heaven. We do works because we understand the first two commandments love God and love people. The reason we, do, I'm telling you, we're not doing it around here because we have to. We're doing it around here because we want to. When Jesus gave his all, that's the least we can do, is give our all. Your part is to trust. Your part is to trust. And God will do what he will do. Tim Keller put it this way in his book, Hope in the Times of Fear. There's a lot of fear in our nation. The resurrection and the meaning of Easter, he brings us insight he said the greatest threat to our hope for a better world is not natural not the natural environment we're so hung up on the environment nothing else matters he said it's not the natural environment but the various evils that continually spring up from the human heart about the time you don't think we can create more evil in america today we get more evil. By the time we don't think, well, it can't get any worse. It gets a little worse. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is still alive, and no matter how bad you get, no matter how bad I get, if I confess my sin, if you confess your sin, he is what? Somebody tell me. Faithful. Everybody say, faithful. Faithful. He was faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're not computers. We're flesh and blood humans being human beings. And when we confront the claim of the resurrection, we address it not only with logic, but with a lifetime of hopes. And sometimes fears accompany that and sometimes even pre-existing faith commitments You see, if we're not careful, our past beliefs that we believe will mess up what God's actually trying to do, that new thing that God is actually trying to do in you. Did you know that your past can really tell a lot of lies to you? Well, that's just not the way we did it. That doesn't mean it's right. What did God say? What about the resurrection? What about the work on the cross that Jesus did for us? Let's get it back to where it's healthy for us. In the resurrection of Christ, we have the past, the present, and the future. He died for everything that happened in the past. He died for us now in the present. And even in the future, there is still hope because Jesus is not contained by the thing that we call Time. He is not contained by anything. He is more than enough for everything. And if we will turn loose of the things that draw us down and keep us from God, then He will fill it up with the things that bless us and bless Him and bless His kingdom. And we will be more fulfilled and have more peace in our life. The resurrected Emmanuel. It means God with us. Now, well, here's the rub. In our time, the Christian faith has seen is seen as something that is traditional rather than something that is radical and disruptive there could be nothing further from the truth the religion uh, the religion of the resurrection can never be something that is just traditional and you are living proof of that all them cars out there in the parking lot that's living proof you still showing up and to come to church that's speaking loud for the truth and the power of something that happened over two thousand years ago he's still alive and he's still working in the hearts of every man every woman every little girl that's worshiping jesus god cares about his people You see, there's good things in this world, of this world, hard things of this world, and the best things of this world. What the Bible teaches us is that the road to the best things is not through the good things, stay with me, but usually through the hard things. The road... Anybody real good at collecting things. Raise your hand if you're good at collecting. Let's just raise our hands. My name is Randy Weaver. I'm good at collecting things. You with me? The best things of this world are not the good things. Many times, the good things of this world are hard things. But if anything, is worth something. Jesus personified this. If anything is worth something, then sacrifice is nothing. You see, the hard things. Sometimes requires sacrifice, but we can never sacrifice our time, our talent, our treasure. We will never do that unless we understand that the love of God is much bigger than anything that I own, anything that I contain, any of my things, and I I have to be willing to give up my things in order to go up, and it doesn't mean that God's going to make you give up all your things, but in your heart, if your things is your God, I feel real sorry for you because there's no fulfillment there you all know that I'm preaching the choir so in Philippians 2 5 it says let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God Jesus but made himself of no reputation taking on the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men And being found in the appearance of a man, and he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name far above every other name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow those in heaven and those here on the earth, of those under the earth, those that are already died, and those of every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father in heaven. Because he deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. He deserves the praise. But if we haven't let the things die in us that need to die, we're going to walk around saying, I deserve the glory. I just need more honor. I just want somebody to praise me. Somebody just, do you know who I am? If we're not careful, we will try to trade places with Jesus. All the founders, of great religions of the world they sur- they were surrounded by their followers uh, when whenever they died and, and they uh, they understood that their movement was growing and everything was doing good, but in contrast, Jesus died in disgrace, being betrayed, denied, and abandoned by everyone, even his father. Here it is, stay with me other religions other world religions teach salvation through Ascent to God, if we do enough works, if we do enough things, and if, we're just, if we just wear ourselves out, and we will ascend to God through our good works, our moral virtue, our ritual observances, and transformation of my consciousness, if I can get things right. but in contrast, in contrast, Christianity is about salvation through through God descending. It's not about us having to go up to get better. It's about Jesus coming down so that we can go up later. And he's going to give us the power to do that. That's the difference between the religions of the world. We just can never be good enough. But Jesus, through his sacrifice and through the blood that he shed on the cross, he said, because of my blood, you can come into my presence and you can spend eternity with me if you only believe. That's good stuff. So let's take a trip. Let's take a trip back to Jerusalem on that post-resurrection morning. Anybody want to go to Jerusalem? That'd be cool. That'd be fun. So here it is. We got Peter, James, and John. They, they came back, and they're banking on the impossible possibility that the well of forgiveness still had a few drops of living water. You see, they had forsaken Jesus. Anybody ever, don't raise your hand, anybody ever been there before? It's like, I just don't feel like it. Well, the disciples felt that way, and they're like, man, I hope I don't know what's going on here, but I know I need forgiveness. So daring to dream the dream that the master had left some words, some plan, some direction, little did they know that their wildest dream, their wildest dream wasn't even wild enough. Just as someone mumbled, it's no use. I don't know if you've ever been there before. You got down so much, you thought it's just just no use. They heard a voice, and the voice said, peace be with you. Every head lifted, every eye turned, every jaw dropped. Someone looked at the door, and the door was still locked at that moment. They would never forget a story that they would never fail to tell. The stone of the tomb was not enough to keep him in. The walls of the room was not enough to keep him out. The one betrayed now sought his betrayers. The interesting thing is what he said to them. He didn't say... You're a bunch of losers. He didn't say, I told you so. He didn't say, where were you when I needed you? One simple phrase. Please don't look past this one simple phrase. Peace be. With you. Peace be with you. You say, Oh, preacher, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know all the sins that I've been through. You don't know. No. I don't know. And frankly, I don't want to know. But I know that God knows. And even God, knowing everything you've done, and every place you've been, knowing everything I've done, every place I've been, He still says, peace. Be with you. The very thing they didn't have. The very, they state, the very thing they didn't have was the one thing that he offered. Peace. No wonder after the ascension, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy no wonder they went to the temple praising. Here's what happens when the reality of the resurrection sets in. When there is an endless supply of peace, occasional, occasional worship is no longer acceptable. Assembling together is a non-negotiable. They were eyewitnesses of the great event of all, greatest event of all time. That would be celebrated around the world thousands of years later. Jesus knew that someplace in Montgomery, Texas, there's going to be a crazy thing called a cowboy church, and people were going to show up in a in an arena because he don't care. He doesn't care where we're at. He doesn't care uh, what's going on. He is worthy to be praised. Because he rose from the dead after he died on a cruel, rugged cross. He is no longer the Jesus that's on the cross. He is the Jesus that's alive. And he's seated, the Bible tells us, at the right hand of the throne of God, making, this is the word, making intercession for you. In other words, this morning, this morning, Jesus, he's praying for you. This morning, Jesus is praying for me. He's, pray- He's praying that this resurrection thing will become personalized with you. That this resurrection thing will get in the middle of my heart. And because I'm an old guy and I get stuck in my ways. You got any old people here? We, we can get so traditionalized that it doesn't be, it's not new anymore. Let me tell you something. God wants this thing called the resurrection to rise up inside of you and to mess you up. What was it that unlocked the hearts of the apostles? It was that the personalized resurrection, They saw Jesus. No, 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 no. They really saw Jesus. Have you seen him? Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen him through eyes of faith? Have you seen him on the cross? Have you been to the tomb where Mary, the the ladies, daughter, was talking about all the ladies first? That's the reason ladies always are first. We've got to open the door for them and everything because ladies first. They got to the tomb first. I don't even know where I was at. (laughs) I'm going to go back to my notes. Have you been to the tomb? Have you seen the tomb through eyes of faith? Their sins collided with their Savior. Their sins collided with the Savior and the Savior won. Wouldn't you like that for you? My sins to collide with the Savior and let Jesus win because I don't want my sins to win out. At the end of the day, I don't want my sins to identify who I am. I want the Savior to be able to identify who I am. But the only way that's going to happen is when I die out to me. And let the Savior have his way. How many want to have, let Jesus, just let him have, let him have his way in your life because he knows better anyway. So in the, in the last, this last time I, I preached a long time because, because I want to. So, so here's the desert. Stop, stop it. <coughs> Here's the desert. Anybody been to the desert? I mean, the real desert. Raise your hand if you've ever been to the desert. The desert is an in- interesting place. There's a, there's a phrase that says that God is more than enough. But the desert is a place of just enough. And when you go to the desert, you, 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 there's something that happens on the inside of us. It doesn't happen when you have more than enough. We're confronted with things we norm- that normally we are unaware of. When you have a rough time, when you're going through a crisis in life, something about the desert that when we come face to face, not only with our brokenness, but the ways of our brokenness sometimes breaks others. And sometimes when others are with us in the desert, the desert effect affects them in a way that they are able to rid themselves of things in their life that they really don't need. Because the desert is no respecter of persons. You see, the desert invites us to go into the vulnerable places inside ourselves to face ourselves and to let go of the unnecessary in order to come face to face with a God who taught us what was necessary. And then when we come face to face with a God that teaches us what is necessary, we will never be the same and we will never allow the things of our life that we thought was necessary to become necessary because we've allowed the resurrected Jesus to take full attention. The desert teaches us to leave the familiar. Anybody need some of this? To leave the familiar? To leave the familiar God we know And meet the God we don't know. And even the God that we can't even imagine. When we come to God and it's just us. And we don't try to work our way into it or manipulate our way. You see, this is the heart of the desert. Spiritually forming us into the image of the creative God. And we really can't completely comprehend it. In the desert, it's a place of letting go. It's a place of just enough. Has anybody seen, uh, anybody seen any of them western movies where the cowboys in the, in the desert? So this morning, I wanted to keep it I wanted to keep it really focused on Jesus, and I didn't want to have any illustrations, but I couldn't help myself. I had to have one. So, whenever there's a Western movie, the cowboys, the cowboy, I guess, see my rope. You gotta have a few things. Now this is, this is, I didn't bring the real gun because I didn't want anybody to get nervous. But in it, you, can't have, you can't have a cowboy movie without having a gun, right? Thank God for the second amendment. <laughs> I mean that. So you gotta have a gun You got to have a horse, old brownie here. You got your saddle and your canteen. You don't want to leave. You don't want to go out in the desert without your canteen. So what you do, (laughs) you get on your horse. (laughs) And after a while, you know how hot it is in the desert, right? So the first thing that needs to go is this jacket, because it's too hot. You go on through the desert. What's the next thing that goes? What's the next thing that goes when you're in the desert? You don't want to say it, do you? You know what happens? The horse dies, right? (laughs) Am I right? I mean, that's the way it is. It is cowboy church. (laughs) I'm trying not to point my gun at you. (laughs) So we get our saddle. We're going through the desert. We're stripped off of most of our stuff. You you know, when when you're... When you're in the desert, you got to turn loose of some things. What's the next thing that goes? Yeah, right. No doubt. Let's get rid of the saddle. But it says don't ever sell your saddle. But uh, I, I still like the rope. You go a little bit further in the desert, and you're just kind of, what's the next thing that goes? Huh? The rope? I don't know. I like that rope. You know know how I like the rope. I don't know if we got any cowboys here, but this is for you. Even if you love the rope, sometimes you got to lay the rope down. Give it to Jesus. You got to tu- turn loose of it. What's the next thing? Well, I has got two things left. <laughs> you always want to hang on to the water. You remember when Jesus met the woman at the well. You remember that, right? And she uh, she asked him if, she, if he wanted some water. And uh, he said, You can drink from this water and you're gonna get thirsty again. You know that's what happens in the desert. When you when you get thirsty, you always you always uh, you gotta have water. But at some point in time, if you stay in the desert long enough, you know what's gonna happen? Run out of water. You don't have anything else. Everything's gone in your life. And I don't know if you've ever been lonely or not. I don't know if you've ever been alone. I but I'm gonna tell you something. I used to rodeo and I remember walking through a carnival and I was all by myself, and I wasn't having fun. It was a miserable day. It was probably the loneliest day of my life. Did you know that you can be around a lot of people and still be lonely? But even though we feel lonely, we are never Alone. No matter what we go through in the desert of life, no matter what things life shows us, the issues we have, and we all have issues, do we not? My name's Randy Weaver. I got issues. I need a Savior. I need a resurrected Savior. I don't just need any old Savior. I need somebody that... (coughs) that rose up. Somebody that got up out of the grave. You know, the Bible says this. It says foxes have their holes. Birds of the air have their nests. But the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. You know, the only thing that ever really made any difference to Jesus was the fact that you would be here, on Sunday morning, worshiping the risen Savior. He didn't care about houses, homes, horses, ropes, saddles. He didn't care about nothing like that. Not our boats, not our pickups, nothing like that. He didn't care. He said, I'm going to do this for you. Only you, just you. What was the last words that Jesus said on the cross? One of the last words he said on the cross, he said, I thirst. Do You know why he thirst? He was in the desert, but he was prepared for the desert. I don't know if y'all got getting any of this. Before Jesus ever started his ministry, do you know where he went? He went to the desert. I never did understand that until this week. Why did he even go to the desert? I don't understand that. He knew that he would experience a desert on the cross that his friends, his family, all of them except the women, everybody else would get scared and leave. He died alone. The Father turned his back on him because he bore my sins and your sins. The grace that God has for us is immeasurable and it's incomprehensible. But you know what? Even though I don't completely understand it, I'm going to go with it. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your many blessings. I thank you, Lord, that you are more than enough for every situation that we find ourselves in. And I pray, Lord, that you would minister to us this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would have your way. In our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, in our soul. Help us to see you again for a fresh and a new time. Not through the traditional eyes, oh God, but through the eyes where you have this kind of love for us that that we can't even comprehend. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. The Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. Me, you, everybody in in this building, we've all sinned. But he said, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The one thing that I honor the most about God is that he leaves us with a choice. And he will never impose his will on you. You have to make the choice all by yourself. You're the only one that can make it. Your family members can't make it for you. Your mom or your daddy, your kids, nobody can make it for you. You as an individual have to make that decision yourself. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up all over this building. Slip your hand up. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus. Yep, right here, guys. Yeah, leave your hands up. Slip them up high. Don't be shy. This is the, this is the greatest Thing that you can ever do for you, and the greatest thing that you can ever do for God because it's the greatest gift that you could ever give to God. The only thing that impresses God is you. Slip your hand up high. Anybody else? Preacher, sure that's me. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Leave your hand up till you get a Bible. Thank you back there in the back. Everybody, raise your hand up. Don't let this moment pass. Don't Don't let pride keep you out of heaven. It's not worth it. I'm telling you, it's just not worth it. Anybody else, slip your hand up high. Leave it up high until we get a Bible in it. Back in the bleachers, raise your hand up high. Let me see you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Got some more back over here. Leave your hand up high until we get a Bible in it. Yep. right over here. It's a little Hold on, we're getting some more Bibles, buddy. We're going to get some more Bibles. Else, preacher, that's me. Slip your hand up high. (coughs) Yeah, thank you. This little boy right here. Raise your hand up, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Yep, right back here. This little boy right here. Look here. Right there. That little boy in the green shirt. Anybody else, preacher, that's me. Anybody else? Everybody to raise your hands. I want you to look up at me. If you right, right here, we got one more right up here. Come on. Where are we at? Where's my Bible people? Leave your hand up, baby. Yep. thank you. Got two. Yeah. I love that. He said, let the children, let the children come under me. Let them let him come. That's what the kingdom of God is made of. It's made up of children. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't want to miss anybody. Thank you, Lord. If you raise your hand, I want you to look up at me. Everybody that raised your hand, I want you to look at me. Up back over here, all over. I want you to come up. I'm going to meet you right down here. Back over here. Come on up, buddy. Come on. Everybody that raise your hands. I want you to come down. We're going to wait up. Back up there. <laughs> You're so proud of me. Thank you. Bless you, baby. That's sweet world. Stay up here. I want to pray with you, my baby. That's good. Bless you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless your heart. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, buddy. to barber. but it's the last call. Yeah, come on, baby. Sweet, sweet girl. Y'all stay there a minute. I feel like there's somebody else out there you've just been dragging your feet and you're just used to dragging your feet you need to get up I'm going to wait on you get up out of that chair and come down here some of them are getting up and leaving here we go look here y'all look at me Look up here. Look up here. Here's what the Bible says. It's not complicated. It says it's so simple that even a fool couldn't waver therein. So here's what it says. It says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart. Look at me, buddy. Look at me. Here's what the Bible says. I'm going to tell you what it says. I know you're looking at it, but I'm going to tell you. Says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised you from the dead we'll be saved your part is to believe in your heart and I'm going to help you pray but you got to believe in your heart y'all good with that? okay, here we go y'all just repeat after me, okay? y'all help us pray just say, "Dear dear Lord Jesus thank you for loving me Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my heart to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. So proud of y'all. Thank you. So proud of you. Look here. Look here. I'm going to ask y'all to go, to go over here and visit with with these folks over here for just a second, if you don't mind. Just go over there and visit with those folks. Just, just head on over there and talk to those folks. Thank you all so much. Give me a hand again. I'm so proud of you guys. Yeah, thank you. So proud of you guys. Thank you. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Thank you. Would y'all you stand with me, please? Now, now look here. It's not going to be easy getting all them cars out of that parking lot, so you might as well just wait a minute and just just be patient. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank y'all. Dora and I want to thank y'all for, for coming this morning. Please consider coming back. We would like to have a problem next Sunday morning in the sanctuary of having too many people. We would love that. So if y'all could just come back and see us. And uh, we're just full of gratitude that you come. And uh, if you need prayer, our prayer team's up here. And we just want to thank you. Let me pray for you. How many say... That you're not afraid to go to the desert if it's going to help you. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that even though we have issues in our lives, we know that you love us with an unconditional love. And I thank you, Lord, for everybody that's here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you uh, have our best interests at heart. Help us, Lord, to die out to ourselves. Lord, to embrace the death of the things that separate us from you so we can live unto you and give us your purpose and your reason. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Amen. God bless you all. We love you. God bless you. Come back next week. (laughs)